0: Support for MindShift comes from Landmark College. Its annual Summer Institute for Educators takes place June 25th through 27th. Registration is now open at landmark.edu lcsi.
1: Hi there.
2: I'm Rand abdel from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country, and everything in between. Support this work today.
3: You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Why do you think it's important to have art in school?
4: I think it's important, because art shows you the world, and without art, the world would be eh. To have
0: inspiration, because if you didn't have art in school, um, nothing could, like, inspire you from outside of the world.
4: You wouldn't really be able to express your imagination. And I love art because I can find new ways to do stuff, and it's just so fun.
3: You're listening to MindShift, the podcast where we explore the future of learning and how we raise our kids. I'm Katrina Schwartz. And I'm Ki Sung. Katrina, who are those cute voices we just heard? Those are third graders at Maya Lin School. It used to be called Washington Elementary. It's in Alameda, which is a suburban town on an island just across the water from Oakland. It's a sweet little place, but like many places, historically, it's been very segregated, especially in the schools. Sixteen years ago, when this story begins, Myelin served a lot of low-income students and a large Latino population. Do things there still look like that now? No, it has changed a lot in the Bay Area. But this was back in the mid-aughts when the school was actually called Washington Elementary. And it was a really underperforming school. It was close to getting shut down until a team of parents and educators came up with this whole plan to save it, using the arts.
2: Art? Yeah. I learned about the story behind it through the eyes of one mother. Everybody's curious when your kids are in preschool. Oh, where are they going to go to kindergarten? Lori Murray has loved Washington Elementary since the beginning, warts and all. When we would reply, Washington. It was always met with a, a wince and a grimace and a, ooh, are you going to try to go somewhere? Are you going to try to transfer?
3: Lori and her family moved to Alameda in 2003. Their daughter Ella was still a baby. Neighbors told them to
2: avoid Washington, the local school. I heard that for almost five years. And, you know, for, for a new parent, first time sending their child to kindergarten, that's incredibly scary.
3: Lori has an oppositional streak. She worked in avant-garde theater as a fire eater for many years. Yeah, this is the Bay Area after all. No one was going to tell this lady what to do.
2: She visited Washington, liked it, and picked it for her daughter. I felt like we were going to be a good hands. The teacher spoke very authentically about what was happening here, you know, and the, and the kids that they served.
3: Back then, more than half the students were low-income,
2: and a little over a
3: third were English language learners. Test scores weren't great, and the recession was taking a toll on the district budget. But Lori loved that school. And so when she found out that the district might close it, she launched into action. Enter Judy Goodwin. By 2010, when Judy came on as principal,
0: Washington had been on district closure lists four years in a row. I came into a community of activist parents who had been working for four years to keep the school open um, they'd seen it come up on the cut list to close a the school they had just been, been working very hard to keep their community alive here which you do when you have a school at the heart of your community Judy the new
3: principal was coming over from a middle school down the road that she helped turn into a charter school and Lori was wary of her
2: yeah I didn't, I didn't trust her Lori
3: and a group of other parents wanted Judy to know she wasn't going to close their school without a fight. Their first meeting was tense. Judy remembers the moment clearly.
0: I was here probably two months, and I had three parents walk into uh, my office and uh, just say to me, so, are you here to close us? Because, you know, you have a reputation in the district of being the closer and the cleaner, they called me. I thought...
3: Lori admits it wasn't the warmest welcome
2: they could have given the new principal. But they were tired of all the uncertainty. You know, we just thought, yeah, she is someone who is, has a lot of years in this district and is a team player. She's here to close this school.
3: But Judy disarmed Lori
0: and all the other parents with her response. I said, no, I'm not here to close this, but I think I, I am here to come up with a new school.
3: Judy explained that if they didn't convince the district they had a plan to turn around the school's performance, then it would close. They needed a strategy that would play to their students' strengths
2: and show that test scores don't tell the whole story. Judy spoke um, from the heart and it didn't sound like a line of BS. Lori says the new principal won over even the most defiant parents. It really sounded like she believed in exactly why she was here for a reason, and it sounded like what we had all been saying, too. That there's more to, the, to what these kids are than just the numbers, and so, um, but we need to teach them differently. They convened a group of
3: six teachers, two parents, including Lori and Judy, and they got to work writing a proposal for a radically different kind of school. They didn't have much time, only about three months before the deadline. Lori says it was a frantic time.
2: It was a lot of weekends.
3: Each team member had a different idea of what the school could be. But eventually, art emerged as a unifying principle. Using some research from Harvard, they thought maybe art could teach kids the content alongside skills like collaboration and persistence.
2: But putting arts at the center of a new school felt a little risky. They weren't sure it would work. Yeah, I don't remember Thanksgiving being celebrated. (laughs) I think it was a working week. They worked six to seven hour days, hunched over a table in the school library with
3: pastries and coffee to keep them going. They dreamed of a collaborative place for teachers
0: and students, a school where kids could show what they know through art. Art brings the heat. It brings that embodiment of learning in a visual way that we can all share, regardless of language, regardless of background. We can all stand around something that's been created by students and listen to them talk, and we get it. Find out what happened to this
3: struggling school and the ragtag group of parent activists and dedicated teachers who dreamed about its future after this quick break. Showing your support is easy and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED podcast too at donate.kqed.org/podcast. That's donate.kqed.org/podcast. Parents at Washington Elementary fought for years to keep their school open despite low test scores and low enrollment. The recession created financial pressure on the district and Washington was a prime target for the chopping block. Ultimately, Washington did close in the spring of 2011, but it reopened three months later as Maya Lin School, named for the Chinese-American architect who designed the Vietnam War Memorial when she was just 21 years old. The principal, Judy Goodwin, got to hire her own staff.
0: The district was saying, we want you to do something innovative. And so I was really clear with staff. I said, if you want to do this, great. If you don't want to, that's okay. She was glad that
3: half of the Washington teachers wanted to come over. And by a weird fluke, there was one veteran Washington teacher and one new hire at each grade level. At a time when many schools were cutting their arts programs to save money, Maya Lin doubled down on the power of art.
4: Who needs oil pastels?
3: Constance Moore is the art teacher at Maya Lin. She's got dark curly hair and a distinctive mole on her upper lip, like Cindy Crawford. Although, she'd probably scoff at that description.
4: All right. So, the first option you have is to make a collage using torn paper.
3: When I visited the school, I thought I might see the usual kid drawings on the walls. You know, turkeys made out of handprints, that sort of thing. So I was surprised at how much students knew about the specific techniques and artists they were studying. Like the Harlem Renaissance painter, Jacob Lawrence. A third grader, Lamb, told me all about him.
4: He, uh, he used simple shape, not very complicated detail. Like, he used only a certain amount of color. He don't use too much color.
3: As the art teacher, Constance helps other teachers integrate art into everything they're studying with students. Then she pushes kids to learn specific artistic techniques and history in her room. How
0: about, could someone pass me a grill? These
3: third graders are learning about climate change. They're researching different climates and the animals that live there.
4: We wrote about the tropical zone.
0: That's why I did the tropical zone
4: picture. I'm not so sure what my environment looks like.
3: They're writing books about their animals, discussing how climate change is affecting their habitats, and learning about the greenhouse gas effect.
4: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what I should use for the uh, different plants and animals.
3: When I perch on a tiny chair next to Natalie, she's already hard at work on her collage.
4: I envisioned um, mountains in the semi-arid places. And, and it's very hot there. And there's jackals and gazelles and other uh, animals like that.
3: In this school, every class is art class. Art is woven throughout the day and happens in every room. At other elementary schools in nearby Oakland and San Francisco, most kids only get art once a week, if they're lucky.
4: And to the run!
3: Art is the way kids show their understanding here. It's the vehicle teachers use to integrate everything kids are learning.
1: Let's see who's getting
2: to those run spots quickly, quietly and safely.
3: Teachers and students constantly talk about the studio habits of mind a shared language they use to talk about improving their work. I asked a third grader, Leila, to read them to me.
4: Sure. Reflect, stretch and explore, envision, connect and collaborate, engage and persist, observe, express, develop, craft, and envision.
3: So, okay, these sound really helpful in art class, which is where we are, but do you ever use them when you're in math class or writing class? I
4: use stretch and
3: explore in math. Stretch and explore basically means push outside your comfort zone, even when something is hard.
4: We are learning so many different types of math. Basically, right now we're learning fractions, which is kind of confusing to me, so I have to like stretch my way. We're one minute late to line up at step three. Um,
3: When the kids go to lunch and all the paper and pastels are put away, art teacher Constance Moore finally has a minute to catch her breath. She tells me teaching at Maya is totally different from how it's done at the many other schools she's taught at over the years.
4: I'm included as part of, you know, a valued member of the staff. It's not like art, you know, usually you're kind of just in the room in the basement and you do your thing and no one bothers you and you don't bother anyone and people are happy because you take their kids for a while. So, But this is completely different where I'm just fully woven into the fabric of the school.
3: It was her idea, for example, to have students study artists whose work represents a solution to climate change. Not only did kids learn the science behind our warming planet, but they studied where fossil fuels come from and made art representing what humans can do to help, using other artists' work as a model. When Constance gets a chance to reflect on what the teachers at Maya Lin School have created, it comes down to this.
4: Really at its core, arts integration is social justice. It's a way of creating equity. It's a way of looking at the world and thinking about different perspectives and centering ideas and people who have not been in the center. And, and art such a great way f- to do that for kids because it makes it accessible to them in a real easy way. Art allows kids to bring their interests to learning. When the third
3: graders studied human migration, teachers connected a family history project with the scientific ideas of push and pull factors. Students developed questions, interviewed family members, and then showed what had pushed or pulled their family to migrate
4: through their art. Human beings have been making art and expressing themselves, even if it's not called art, since we were human beings. So... If you take that out, you're taking out a part of being human, wholly human. So you cannot be getting a full education without art. Like, period.
3: Lori Murray, the mom we met earlier, says Myelin has had a huge impact on her younger son, Maddox. As a kid, he didn't like art
2: because it didn't come naturally. He was not someone who liked to draw or enjoyed art or felt confident. In fact, he would try something. If it wasn't perfect, right out of the gate, he cried and ripped it up. But after a few years at Maya Lin, Maddox started to get the hang of it.
3: Uh, hi. Is uh, your mom home, Lori? <laughs> hi. <Good morning. laughs> I feel really, I should have probably sent a reminder, like, this is happening. Yeah, yeah, no, we're good.
2: I'm that. Okay, that's Maddox. Hey Maddox, how are you? I'm good. He just got up. Maddox is
3: 13. He's in middle school now. I visited him and Lori at home on a sunny
2: Saturday. Did you like to draw when you were little? I did, but I was not very good at it, and then I got frustrated and,
3: and couldn't make it look how you wanted it to look. Yeah. So I don't know. If that was me, I might
2: have been like, now I have to do this in school. I don't even like doing this at home. Yeah. At first, I was still trying to get used to having to do art in school. And so that was kind of a hard adjustment for me. But it got easier, and Laurie loves that he learned to persevere,
3: a skill he's carried with him. Neither of them thinks Maddox will become a professional artist, but Laurie does think learning through art helped him become a better person. Maddox says his mom sets a pretty good example. She doesn't give
2: up for anything, really, especially for the music program. She definitely fought for that a lot. And a lot of people didn't agree with her, but she said that this would benefit other people, and so it should, it should happen. And she didn't give up no matter what anyone else said.
3: He's talking about the Alameda Music Project, the after-school program Lori started at Myelin. There's a balance of homework help, playtime, theater arts, and music instruction. Kids get to try out different instruments, and then they focus in on violin or chorus or wind instruments. That's their interpretation of a black hole, by the way. So now, a lot of these kids not only get visual art all day long but they get
2: music every day after school too. Lori says, "Why stop there?" I think I just became kind of empowered from that whole process of wow we 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 got this we won we only, not only did we keep this school open and the community together, but then we got to do exactly what we wanted to do here, and so it was like, what's next?" <laughs>
3: I have to tell you, I saw a lot of joy in learning at Myelin. It looked really fun. And academically, Myelin is doing way better. There's even a wait list to get in. That's good to hear. So if it's working so well, why don't more schools teach this way? Actually, there's a lot of interest in arts integration right now all over the country. But it's crucial that schools start out with a great art teacher like Constance Moore, who can collaborate with all the other classroom teachers. So teachers need to learn to work together? Exactly. And that's why it's tricky to replicate. It also does take some extra money. All the Maya Island teachers went through a special training. And art supplies aren't cheap. But maybe most important, it's hard to do. It takes a ton of work to create lessons that allow kids to show understanding through making. I'll bet. So is Alameda Unified going to do more of this? Yeah. They actually already opened a middle school with a similar arts integration philosophy. And I've heard other schools on the island are interested, too. Very cool. I love it when ideas spread that way. Spreading good ideas. That should be the MindShift motto. Spreading good ideas. Speaking of spreading good ideas, if you want to help other people find this podcast, please take a minute to review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It seems like a small thing, but it really helps new listeners find our show. Katrina, the next episode is our last one for this season. I know, sad. But it's a good one. We introduce you to some teens who aren't content with the world as it is. They're fighting for what they believe in, and they learned how at school.
0: I want you to feel the fear I feel every day. I want you to act as if you would in a crisis. I want you to act as if the house was on fire. Because it is.
3: Be sure to check it out. These young people are inspiring. MindShift is produced by me, Katrina Schwartz, and Ki Sung. Our editor is Julia Scott, and Seth Samuel is our sound designer. Julie Kane is our head of podcasts. Ethan Lindsay is executive editor for News, and Holly Kernan is KQED's chief content officer. This week, I want to specially thank Lori Murray, Judith Goodwin, Constance Moore, and everyone at Maya Lin School. Thanks for letting me invade your classrooms.